1992 seems to go on for a long time, and I think that's because there's just a lot going on in my life. I just met this really cool group of friends. Um, I talked before about Little Kyle, Big Kyle, Craig, Blair, Doug, um, Big T, my boyfriend Jeff. Um, there's just a whole bunch of people I met that time. So at that point with the AIDS epidemic, I didn't know that much about it. I know I was really scared um, and I didn't know what to do, but I think for myself, like a lot of people at that time, there was a lot of fear and misunderstanding. You kind of didn't know who had it, who didn't have it. There were some people that were scared to come out that they had it just because of the stigma and out of fear that I guess, you know, if they said it was true, then, you know, they knew that the outcome was probably not going to be very good. So in late 1992, I was still contemplating a lot of things. I had not found a good job yet uh, because of my background, which mostly was with Greyhounds. Uh, everything I applied for was pretty much people would just kind of look at me like, what did you do? <laughs> um, so and then, you know, in the animal health field. I looked at working in veterinary clinics and stuff like that, but I just see, couldn't really seem to find anything. And at the same time, too, I was really in this new place in my life where I was kind of discovering who I was. It's like I found this whole new person. My mom and her husband, Bill, my stepdad, who I just adore, they were still in Portland now working for Nike. My brother was busy raising his family. Uh, both my brothers were busy uh, raising families. My little brother was just about to get married. And my older brother had been married for a while and had two kids now, two great kids. So for me, I was kind of in my own little world uh, and probably being you know, a little self-centered just because it's a part of my life I hadn't realized before. And I think there's a lot of fear that came along with that. I think that's pretty normal for anybody that's in that situation. But, you know, I just think it's normal. So for me, I kind of went off and um, I got into my relationship, tried to make that work, which that had issues too, because it's so funny when I first got with my boyfriend at the time that I was living with now. He told me, he said, you know, this is never going to work. <laughs> and I said, you know, I go, why? I go, you know, this is exactly what I want. And, you know, I feel like I found my whole new life. And he looked at me and he goes, you're, you're going to want to see other guys. You're going to, you're going to be curious because you haven't had a lot of experience. And I just kind of laughed it off. But you know what? In my, in the back of my head, I knew he was right. It's just that I didn't want to admit it. And there was a lot of things I didn't want to admit in life. And I think because I'd been through so much at that point in my life that I thought I kind of had this all figured out now, <laughs> which I didn't. It was just the beginning. So that year, a lot happened. Um, for the first time, I had uh, started to lose friends. And at first, it was all, you know, kind of on the outside. It was people of people I knew, or maybe it was somebody that I met once, or I met through other friends. 
So it hadn't hit me, you know, at my core yet, in my core group of friends. But that was about to change. And I really didn't see it coming. It's weird. Maybe I didn't want it to come, and that's why. But next, I'm going to talk about those first few friends. So we go through things in life that I think will change us forever. They can be all different kinds of milestones, a marriage, the death of a family member, a wedding, a birthday, uh, a promotion. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff that kind of form pinnacle parts of our lives. So I, at this point in my life, I think that I had gone through that in coming out, in dealing with childhood drama. And just, you know, with starting my life all over again. So I feel like I've been through two kind of major <laughs> turning points in my life. And what I didn't really know at that time was how the AIDS crisis was going to affect me. And as it turns out, it affected me, you know, in a huge way. In 1992, I'd met, you know, this whole group of friends I was talking about before. Um, most of the people that I had known that had died of AIDS at that point had either been, you know, quite honestly, celebrities, uh, you know, Rock Hudson, people like that. And people kind of on the exterior of my friends list, list or my group of friends. So no one really close had hit me. I'd met some people that were that had uh, progressed from HIV into AIDS my friend little Kyle, but none of them had passed yet or none of them had been really, really sick. I was talking about um, a couple that had kind of taken in a lot of us and they were kind of the hub of our friends in Colorado Springs. And that was um, Blair and Craig. Really, really nice guys. Their house was like the hangout house. We always hung out there. And we had gone on a camping trip I'm sorry, not a camping trip. We had gone on a ski trip and it was, you know, a whole group of us. And during the trip, I remember that Craig, he wasn't feeling good the whole time. He had like a, he thought he had like an abscess or a bad tooth or something like a toothache. But I remember he was really pale and just, you know, not feeling good. So we went through the ski trip. It was just a, we just went up skiing uh, for two days. And when we got back, I had gone up to Denver to look for work and stay with a friend of mine. And cause I, I was having trouble finding a job. And while I was there, I got a phone call um, from my boyfriend, Jeff. And he said, you know, Craig's in the hospital. And I just said, you know, I go, what do you mean Craig's in the hospital? What's going on? You know, and I thought, cause I was thinking he had toothache. So we, I, you know, I go, okay, well, you know, it's not good. I goes, what's going on? And he goes, he's really sick and they don't know what's going on. And I was like, oh shoot, you know, should I come back? And it, cause I was planning on staying in Denver for a couple of days looking for a job. And he said, you know, you don't have to come back. Um, I think it'll be okay. I just wanted to let you know. And I was like, okay, but I just sensed something was wrong. And he was like, I'm going to go see him tonight you know and I was like it just sounded weird but I couldn't figure it out and Craig had not 
told me that he had AIDS or was even had HIV. So I, uh, you know, I get a phone call the next day and it was Jeff and he was crying. And I said, you know, what's, what's going on? What's happening? Because I went to see Craig and I was like, oh, well, you know, what's going on? And he said he, they found a tumor on the roof of his mouth, a mass, and they don't know what it is. And they're going to uh, remove it tomorrow. And I thought, well, that's so weird because, you know, I thought it was just this toothache. But, you know, you know how your mind thinks. I thought, well, maybe it is just, you know, maybe they thought it was a toothache and then they discovered this t- tumor. I mean, who knows? So the next day uh, he went in, had surgery, had the tumor removed. I'm, I'm still in Denver at this point. But I was coming back like the next day, which would have been Wednesday. So I figured I'd go see him. So I come back to Denver and, you know, Jeff is at home and he's really upset. And I was like, you know, what's what's going on? What, you know, what did they say? And he goes, well, they removed the tumor, but they said um, they think he has full blown AIDS. And, you know, I was like, well, I didn't, you know, I didn't know. So on Friday, he, Jeff said, you need to, you should probably go see him. And I. You know, it's that weird thing. I was so scared to go see him, but I knew that I should, and I I had no idea what was going to happen. So I went to the hospital, and I was with um, my friend Paul, Jeff. I think that was it. It was just the three of us went to see him, and we walked into the hospital room, and I didn't recognize him. He was not the same person that I'd just seen, you know, five days ago. And... uh he just looked so different. You know, he was gaunt and his skin was this gray color. He couldn't really talk because of the surgery and he was so sick. They were giving him mass doses of chemotherapy, which come to find out was like the worst thing they could do for him. And uh, it was just hard for me to go in there. I, I, I talked to him briefly, just that, you know, I, I couldn't even stay in the room for very long. And I left, went outside, and we all kind of hung out. You know how we do that in times of a crisis, and we talked about it. None of us could figure out, you know, what was going on, except we knew he was in bad shape. So I went back home, and then you know we talked. We we all went over to Blair's house, you know, to try to comfort him, and it was just you know horrible. And the prognosis was, of course, very bad. About two, three days later, uh, Blair called and he said, you know, if you, you really should come see Craig because I don't know how much longer he's going to last. Keep in mind, this you know, I just seen him. Granted, he was, you know, had this supposed toothache at the time, but he still was pretty, you know, pretty active. That was only a week and a half, you know, before this. So I went to see him. I went to the hospital and I got there. And I couldn't go in. I just couldn't do it. Um, I was so scared that I would start crying or, you know, and I wanted him to see me crying. And uh, I was so scared and I just couldn't, I couldn't do it. So I left. And he died the next morning. And, oh my God, it just killed me. And, uh... They had the services and we all said goodbye to them. And I was so, I felt so guilty about not going in 
just haunted me for a long time. But luckily, you know, uh, with Blair, I saw him, you know, it wasn't really that long after, maybe a couple months, and we're sitting around drinking wine. And I told, you know, I, I kind of broke down and I said, I'm so sorry that I didn't go see him. And this has been killing me. I just don't know how to deal with it. And I'm so sorry. And Blair was so nice. You know, he said, look, um, going through something like that, not everybody can handle it. And it's okay. You know, he goes, the way you, the way you reacted the, that you couldn't go in, he goes, it's okay. He goes, he wouldn't have even known you were there. He was completely unconscious. He goes, I just wanted to give everybody a chance to see him, you know, before he passed. But it's okay that you didn't see him. And I realize now that that taught me a lot about understanding how people go through grief and mourning and also situations like that. Sometimes you just you react how you're going to react. There's no right or wrong way. And it taught me a lot. But that was Craig's story. I mean, and it was it was the beginning, unfortunately. But um, but that was Craig's story.